Hi, everybody. Jared, a.k.a. DMF here. Wanted to say a little special sorry to everyone that listens to our podcast since we haven't had a new episode up in just over a month now. Due to some other various uh, projects and holidays and the fact that there were some power outages here in Maine where we're located, we had a few different obstacles to overcome. And we greatly apologize for letting that get in the way. And we will do our best to make sure and get you a new podcast episode every Tuesday, as promised. Also, don't forget to check out our Dark Hounds 360-degree D&D actual play game series on our YouTube channel and also on Veer. That's V-E-E-R. Now for our regular episode. Hello and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today we'll be talking about logistics and considerations of establishing and running a game group, just various things that you need to keep in mind that are outside the scope of the game to just make it so that players want to keep showing up. My name is Jerry, aka Frieden. And I'm Jared, aka DMF. <laughs> and welcome to the studio. So today is logistics. We're talking about all the little things that make the game fun. Maybe not necessarily interesting, but at least comfortable so that people don't feel like, you know, there's just a bunch of savages trying to figure out how this thing works. Um, first on the list, we have the very important location, location, location. Uh, the real consideration for a game group is you need to have players because if you don't have players, you don't have a group. But really, number two is you have a you need to have a place to get together. Um, regardless of whether you're playing at a school or at a game shop or in somebody's home, you need to have a space. It really sounds simple, but it can be a major roadblock if you don't think about it ahead of time. You can you can spend so much time talking about you know I wish I had a game group and. Even if you have the people for it, if you don't have space to play, you're out of luck. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different places that could be used for a location. A lot, of, I mean, obviously, most people play in their or a friend's home. But I mean, there's also game stores. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some people have like a, like barn, wood, you know, wood, a wood shop, a gym, wherever you can get together. You know, garage. but you just need a place that you can all gather together to be able to play the game. I know there's the the upcoming trend that you're seeing in some cities of gaming cafes that are or either cafes or bars where people can get together. Um, a lot of times there'll be board game options where they'll have board games on hand that you can rent, but they would also be friendly and amical theoretically towards playing doing a role playing group. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, it's it's a new thing that's starting to crop up, starting to get some more interest, and it's kind of a growing industry. Cool. Um, so you've got people, you've got a location. The next thing that you definitely want to be thinking about is scheduling. Yeah, definitely number two on the list. Um, we want you have a place that you can play. I mean, there's going to be a lot more specifics to your location that we'll get into in, in a minute, but arranging the, the time when everyone, you know, can get together. So figuring out when all the puzzle pieces will fit, you know, so if, Jerry's only free X, Y, and Z, and I'm only free A, B, and Z, and so-and-so is only free, you know, Q, R, and Z, then, okay, well, we have Z in common. Now let's start, you know, narrowing that down. Okay, you know, so we can all get together on Sundays. What time on Sundays are best for you? Well, I'd prefer earlier. Well, I'd prefer later. Somewhere in the middle, okay. Okay, somewhere in the middle is okay. You know, and you start, you're narrowing that down. 
and coming up with the most ideal time that's most amicable for everybody involved or that you want to be involved and finding out that, that the best, um, best option for everybody. Yeah. I was trying to think of a math term, but the median. Yes. The median. <laughs> um, also, I think when you're trying to, when you're trying to figure out a time schedule like that, it's also important to think outside the box. It's really common for us to think of like, well, if we're gaming, we either want to do like all day on a weekday, a weekend, or we want to do like a weekday evening. Uh, I had one group where we had people working second shift. We had people working the Monday to Friday bankers hours. We had students and we finally figured out that the time that worked for everybody was 8 a.m. to noon Sunday morning. Yeah. So even though that doesn't seem like the normal time when you'd be gaming, it was what worked for us. And we got together and we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think that typically I see a lot of people instantly go towards the weekends because they try to go for like, well, we were going to want to play for at least six to eight hours. But I would actually probably, assuming that I had the schedule, you know what I mean? on everyone's different, but I would probably rather get together like every like Tuesday night or Sunday morning for three or four hours if it could be a weekly thing. If I could squeeze this right. in wherever it could to be a weekly game, assuming that that, you know, that's okay with everyone in the group and the DM's okay with playing a weekly game. Or running a weekly game, obviously, but I would rather have that consistent weekly game, even if it's shorter, you know, two, three, four hour game than the once a month really long game. Which is, you know, two, two of the considerations that are really connected, which are we have this frequency and duration. Yeah. If you're gaming less often, like a monthly game, then maybe go for a longer stretch. If you're doing it on a more regular basis, if you're doing a weekly game, three, four hours might be sufficient. Yeah. You also want to be flexible to that. I've had a game where we were we were really gung ho going into it, and we're like, we're we're only gonna play, be able to play once a month, so we're gonna play and we're gonna start at nine a.m. and we're gonna go until eight p.m. And the first time we got together and we did that, and by like three thirty, four o'clock, we're like, oh, I just don't want to keep going. Yeah. Um. So be flexible to that. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to do an eleven hour game and people are burning out after six hours. Let's do six hours going forward. Yeah, I think it's always best to try to accommodate or plan for a little bit longer than you actually think you'll need. You know, for another reason that we'll get into in a second also, but you're typically not going, you're going to burn out faster than you can. You know, it's kind of like the whole concept of like your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm really hungry. I want to eat everything I can see. But then you start putting it in your mouth and you're like, oh, man, I'm full already. Uh, maybe an eight hour session was a little bit much and I bit off more than I can chew. I kind of am burning out on an average of after four to, you know, four to five hours. And I also think that and I know we've mentioned it in uh, previous episodes, but it's not uncommon for people to try to push longer sessions because that's what's scheduled for. And I think sometimes it's best to quit while you're ahead. I think, you know, you want to keep if everyone's starting to burn out you don't want to push a session it's just you know or the dm starts running out of ideas or you know they're kind of like they're running dry just end the session i'd rather end you know a session early on a good note while everyone was fresh and hyped about what was going on than force through and like oh i don't want to come did. back next week yeah it just yeah. it be, just became so tedious and i was so ready to go like an hour and a half ago and oh man i don't know if i have it in me to go through that again like i was good after three hours well then let's just play three hours and planning on a shorter game can also work out in the opposite effect to get people really hyped up. You know, you could have a game that's running six to 10 and we're going to play from six to 10 
And you do that for a week or two and people are like, oh man, like we're not, I want to do more. Like I want more. This isn't enough. And they're like, okay, well, can people be here at four and we'll go four to 10. And then people start showing up at, at you know, four o'clock, you play for six hours, you know, people are like, okay, that that's good. You know? Mm -hmm. So that way you started off less than you needed, but then you have room to expand outward. And that way you can help like satiate that desire. And you're also building people up to be a little more, uh, anticipating the longer sessions because you have the shorter sessions where they're not really getting what they need. Yeah. As it were, you know, to avoid kind of getting into the innuendo here, but you know, they're not getting what they need. They want more. And then when they want more, they're going to enjoy it that much more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a lot of checks and balances there, but you know, if, if you make sure that the game is always on a high note, then people will enjoy it more. And they're also, the more they enjoy the game, the more time they're going to try to, to accommodate for the game so you know they'll make sure okay well yeah normally the wife was only letting me out for like three four hours for this game but like you know like i've really been enjoying this you know i told her i'm having a lot of fun i rearranged some things and i talked her into it she's gonna give me another extra hour it's gonna be awesome you know what i mean so people will fight for things that they're enjoying another good consideration there with the extra time the time that you're getting away from the wife isn't necessarily going to be the time that you're actually gaming right you have to build in a buffer for before and after um, because people are going to show up. They haven't seen each other since the last game session. They're going to want to hang out and talk and catch up and complain about work and gossip about what people are doing and brag about their achievements. You know, you're going to want to hang out, settle down, spend a little time figuring out well, what were we doing last time? Hey, do you have those five bucks you owe me? All that. There's going to be all sorts of stuff happening before you actually start playing each session. Yeah. And then there's going to be wrap up afterwards. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people that are going to, they got to pack their dice. They got to put their books away. We're going to confer. Oh, when are we playing again? Just to make sure I, I can't make it next week. Remember. Uh, and the host is going to be likely going to have some cleanup straightening up to do afterwards, not required for the players to help, but definitely consider it that if you're using somebody's space, you want to leave it in a good shape. Um, if you're being hosted at a private residence, the host might say, nope, I'm the host. This is my job. You guys don't have to clean up any of it. But if you're playing in a school or at a game store or some other more public area, then the players should all be chipping in to help make sure that you leave it like you found it. Yeah, because you want to make sure they're going to keep letting you come back. So, you know, it's kind of the concept of low impact camping of leaving it back cleaner than when you found it kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's you always want to account for, you know, for buffering. Like you said, there's always chat beforehand. Afterwards, you know, there's going to be, oh, man, yeah, what, my favorite part was, like, when this happened, you know, like, you're going to recamp, you know, the game, everything that happened there. We all know we all know how we are. I mean, anyone that you know, starts to listen to our pre-show stuff on Patreon, you know, like, you can hear us go on. We'll go on for hours before we get this half-hour podcast done. Yeah, our pre-shows our pre -shows are coming out longer. Than, they pretty much always have been longer than the actual shows yeah. themselves. Yeah, and it's not even all recorded. We're trying to like just kind of record the pre-show content that's more relevant to the show, but we'll just go on about whatever for an hour. Like we've been today specifically before we recorded this episode, we just chatted for like three hours before we started recording this episode. Yeah. And well, we we started talk we started talking, and then we went off to something else. Then we went off to some, something else, and then somewhere else, and then we started recording the pre-show stuff. And then we kept going on other stuff, and yeah, it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, people are people are gonna you got to take that into account. So if you want to have a game 
from six to 10, then maybe you need to have like, yeah, people could show up anytime, try to be there by five 30 and you might, you might not get out of there till 10 30, 11 o'clock. And that's to game from six to 10. Yeah. I try to say, okay, well, if I want my game to start, like say at noon, try to get everybody there by 11 or, you know, I try to say, okay, well, everyone's got to be here by 11. Some people might not even end up showing up till 1130. And then even then I realize that's not enough time to still start on time for noon. Like I almost want to say we're, we're starting at noon. So be here at nine. I, and then if everyone shows up by 10, we might be lucky enough to start by noon. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do, I would do, you know, if I want to start playing by noon, then I'm going to say, okay, we're going to start playing at 11. And so be here by 10, 1030 at the latest. That way, knowing that even once everybody's there and sit down, they're going to be talking, they're going to be screwing around. But if we're trying to start at 11 and we don't get started until noon, then even though we're not starting on time, I'll still be happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, we also have problems with false starts. But we have tips on how to get your uh, stuff on track in other episodes. So the next uh, thing for, again, for time considerations is breaks. Very important. Very important, especially if you're going for a six-hour-plus game. Or, you know, I mean, obviously it's your personal preference on when and how often you take breaks. But I personally think you can probably get through a four-hour game without a break. Five hours and up, definitely six hours and up. You're going to want to take at least one break in the middle, especially like if you have the whiny smokers. I'm a, I'm a former smoker, so I know how we used to be or how I used to be, but they're going to want a cigarette, you know, but even then, like, you know, it gives a chance for everyone to get up and take turns, go into the bathroom, get something to drink, you know, munch on something instead of people randomly disappearing from the table the whole time to, uh, well, I got to use the bathroom. I got to use the bathroom. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. Get it all out of the way. Take the 10, 15, 20 minutes. If it's going to be a really long game, give them a half hour. We, you know, we did the charity live stream recently. That was a five, five and a half hour yeah, game. Yeah, five hour game, yeah. And we did two breaks, I believe. I think we only did one break. I really think it was just one break for about 15 minutes. I think we did one We did one full table break. Yeah. And then we had we had kind of one sequence where it was like. Yeah, I think someone had to get up and go to the bathroom. We had like a quick little five minute break quick or something little, like that. Quick little chain reaction yeah. thing, yeah. Um, Breaks are also a great way to to keep momentum, amazingly enough, mm -hmm. because it lets people relax, refresh, reset a little bit, and then they can come back and like, oh, yeah, I wanted to get this taken care of, so let's let's talk about this now, what we're we doing during downtime. Or It also gives DMs uh, a minute to reorganize, prep, you know, get a, a combat encounter ready, do whatever they need to do while all the players are doing their shifting around. doesn't mean the DM obviously can't take a few minutes to themselves also, but while there's a line of players at the bathroom taking turns at the bathroom or whatever's going on or outside smoking, assuming you're not, a, you know, the DM's not a smoker, they can, okay, I'm going to have a combat encounter coming up soon. Let me get that all, you know, ready to go. Or I got, you know, there's going to be a big role-playing moment. Let me get all my NPC names and straight up, straightened out. So you can, you can utilize that time still. One of my one shots that I ran, I had the players derail the storyline. And at one point I was like, okay, let's, Let's take a quick 10 minute break just before we get into the finale. So then when we come back, we can just go straight through to the end. And they're like, oh, okay, good idea. And I'm like, I got to hit the bathroom. And I went in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I need to come up with a finale during this break because what they did is completely derailed everything I had planned. Yeah. I mean, and I did. They had fun with it and it worked out and it was just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breaks can are definitely great opportunities for the DM to take a second and recollect themselves and, and prepare for what's about to happen next. 
And if you're if you're listening to our tips and you're listening to your players and you're figuring out what they're expecting, they can give you a chance to, okay, how can I put this all together in a way that's going to be fun for them? Yeah. So, but it's one more time consideration. You need to plan into your day. So if you're okay, well, I can, we can literally only have everyone in the same room for four hours. Are we going to have a plan break? Or are we going to, you know, is the DM going to just kind of improv? Like this is a good stopping point. If anyone needs to go to the bathroom, are we going to say, okay, well, even for four hours, we have to take at least a 10 minute break because my whole group is smokers or whatever the situation is. Plan that into your day, plan that into how you're planning your, you know, your encounters in your, in your game. But most importantly, just be aware of that time that's going to be used. So, you know, always try to plan as much time as possible and then use what you need. And if they get and, to go home early, great. And you know, you should, if you're taking any of our advice, you should know your group. You should know what they need. You should know, they should know what to expect from you. And you can set that out and be like, okay, let's take 10 minutes and come back. And by giving those hard lines, maybe you can make it a little bit better because when they come back, there's going to be a little bit of a transition back into the game state as well. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're always going to have to kind of, even if it was only a quick five, 10 minute break, when everyone sits down back at the table, it's going to be another intro to get them going again. You're going to have to get the ball, ball rolling. You've lost some of your momentum. So let's talk about scheduling. We talked about location. We talked about, you know, we've talked in other casts about a group together and having that. Um, now, one specifically for this that we wanted to bring up is, and I just love that we're using this term, is the amenities for the game group. Um, you can have a group, like we said, sitting out in the yard in a circle trying to play on the ground, or you can make it a little more comfortable for people. And there's a lot of different options that you may not be thinking about, but should be some sort of considerations in some way, shape or form as to whether or not they're available for your group. Um, so the first we have on the list is uh, table slash room slash space. Yeah. And that's your, your play area, really. Mm -hmm. uh, do you ha Are you playing at a dining table? Are you playing in a living room with the coffee table is what's available? Do you, are you handing out TV trays to your players? Uh, are everybody in folding chairs? Are they in, rec in recliners? Are they sitting on the floor? Are people standing? Um, do you have enough space? Four people are they packed in elbow to elbow or do they have room to kind of move around you know we've kind of said this it's a little bit of a stereotype but there are sometimes bigger people who may not be as comfortable in the same spaces as someone who's smaller and they if they're part of your group you may need to be thinking in consideration of you know Physically, how are your people fitting into the space? Yeah, I'm a bigger guy. And even though other people have always told me that, they, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm crowding other people and they always tell me it's fine, but I'm uncomfortable the whole time because one, I'm trying to occupy as little space as I possibly can, even though I can't do much about it. But I also like on like a mental aspect, I'm uncomfortable because I'm very self-aware of the fact that like, I feel like I'm crowding everyone. And even though they might be okay with it, not even be thinking about it, it's constantly going through my head. And also from a comfort level, like not, I'm not very comfortable in some chairs. And unfortunately, you know, chairs that other people might be able to tolerate being in for a few hours start to bother me, you know, after yeah. a few hours. So, um, and, and I have, I have a person, my own personal issue is you give me a choice of a game on the first floor or the second floor. I'm always going to take the first floor because my knees screwed up and I don't like doing stairs. Yeah. I'll do them. I enjoyed playing games and, but if I have the choice of no stairs, then absolutely. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. And those, those chairs, are they going to be comfortable 
for your players to sit in? Are they going to be sitting in them for two hours or are they going to be sitting in them for six hours? Yeah, I mean, you're asking someone to sit at a table or sit down wherever at whatever, but they're going to be sitting most of the time. So if you want them to sit down for a very prolonged period of time to play this game, you know, whether you're the host or the DM or both or whatever the situation is, it would be nice if the chairs were tolerable or, you know, preferably comfortable to be able to sit in for an extended period of time. You know, think, think back to when you were in school and you're like, Oh my God, I don't want to be in these chairs anymore. And this for like a whole half hour, 45 minute class in junior high or high school or whatever. Like I remember just like, Oh, these chairs are so uncomfortable, barely being able to get it through a class. Think of that kind of situation for four plus hours, you know, and I'm like, yes, I want to be here because I want to be playing this game, but I can't take yeah. these chairs anymore. <laughs> I know we'll also have times where like the player just has to like, they're standing at their position. Like they'll stand up, they'll stand behind their chair, maybe lean on the chair. Um, I don't think really, I don't think we've really, anybody's really done that in dark hounds just because of camera considerations. Yeah. But, I think, I feel like some of us probably would, yeah, if not for camera considerations. If, if you're watching our, our Dark Hounds of the 360, I'm sure you can catch some of us shuffling uncomfortably from time to time. And that's after investment into more comfortable chairs. Yes, yes. I, I made sure to buy decent chairs. I mean, not, they're not fantastic, but I got decent chairs for that game specifically. And I myself have the best chair because I have my nice you know computer chair that I roll up to the table. But even I get shifty. I mean, honestly, if it weren't for the fact that we're in a giant green room, I would be getting up and probably pacing the table a little bit too. Cause I also think that that's an interesting dynamic for a DM to do, which I don't really do very often. Cause I'm always kind of confined by space. Uh, you know, with the green room, we only have so much space for moving around, even though it's a 360 camera, we should be able to get away with it, but it, we're in a green room. So I'm confined um, by the restrictions of the room and not wanting to knock down, you know, uh, some of the green screening and stuff. And we we're also restricted by the fact that, that, the table is actually pressed against one wall. Right. Yes. So you can't do a full lap around the table. Right. You can only kind of do the U on the one end. So, you know, in the future, hopefully, uh, you know, that will be able to change, but you know, those are one of, again, they're just things that, you know, to take into account for the amenities that you have. Um, additional amenities into space is parking. Yes. If you only have room for three cars, then you might not want to try to host a game. That's got nine people each arriving separately. It can be something that you can also talk to your players about. Like, hey, I want to do this. I want to have everybody in it, but I only have so much space for people to park. Can we do carpooling? Is there anybody who can you know, walk? Or I can give a ride to since I'm living there anyway. Yeah, or maybe there's a place where they can park down the road and like, you know, you can shuttle bus, you know, some people to your house right. and then, you know, I'm back to their cars afterwards. Yeah. But just something that you need to be aware of, you know, prior to and make sure that people are willing to deal with that situation. Um, another important situation for many people, um, uh, jumping down the list a little bit is childcare. Yeah. Childcare. And we actually put pets under that because there are some people for whom pets are more important than children. Yep. Um, and, and that's fine. <laughs> that's your choice. Yep. That's, I'm not going to say anything. So, uh, we'll go with children, human and otherwise, um, you need to take into consideration. Do you have a child who's going to entertain themselves or is old enough to be left alone. Uh, do you need to be playing later? So that the child's already gone to bed. Um, do you have a four legged child who has a tendency to jump in people's laps? Is that welcome or not? Um, I know Jared has a very friendly 
Pup, who I don't think has disrupted a Darkhound's game yet, but... Because mm, he's locked out. <laughs> I think he was allowed in on one session, and, yeah. and we managed to kind of keep him under the table and keep him controlled, but... Yeah, he's a super friendly wannabe lap dog. He thinks yeah. he's a cat, so it could be disruptive, especially with a camera in the room. And you may also have, you know, like you may have a cat that's normally allowed on the table, but might not be a good idea for a game night. You need to be aware of that. Yeah. Um, and you can also use some of those to your advantage. You may have, you may be able to have children of similar ages among your game group, and then they can do kind of a play date, you know, take care of each other. I mean, the parents will pop in from time to time and during the breaks. And if the kids need anything, they can come in and, and ask and they, they definitely will. Oh yeah, they will. They'll let you know if they need something, but you can, work that together to, to make your social time, their social time as well. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect if you have, again, if you're, you know, part of a family that has, you know, that's friends with another family or with a bunch of kids of similar age that are all friends. Cause then it's a double play date. You know, I'm going to play date and play my, you know, my role-playing game with my friends and all my kids are going to have a play date with their kids that, you know, that are all friends and they can go off and the world can be a happy, merry place. Or maybe you have an older kid that's willing to watch the younger kids um, you know, if it's a situation where like you all have a lot of younger kids that are all, they're all similar age, but they're all too young to watch themselves or each other. Maybe you could go have, you know, the families could go halves or cut it and you know, put in on like, you know, a babysitter that watches them in the other room. I mean, there's, there's, I know it sounds silly, but like there's options, you know, there's, you know, mate, there's ways you could deal with it. Or maybe only one of the spouses is into the role-playing games. The other one's willing to watch the kids while the, you know, the, the one plays, you know, even if they're the hosts. And we, I had a fun experience with that in mine, in my gaming history, in that we had one game where the kids played, and then a few years later, as the kids got older, they started asking, and the kids joined in on the game group. Yeah. So we we were recruiting new players by raising them ourselves. Yeah, I was going to say that, I mean, once they get to the right age, or, you know, an age that you feel is the right age... uh it could be an interesting dynamic because I wouldn't want to ever force anything on my hypothetical children. But if all the, 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 the adults are getting together and doing this, eventually the kids are going to be at least curious. Right. You know what I mean? Don't force them into your group, make it a cool thing that only the adults are doing. And then they're going to want to be a part of the group and you could totally like incorporate them. And we, we did have another episode that we did several months ago about, uh, younger gamers. Yes, we so do. So if you are interested in kind of pursuing that option, that might be another episode to check out if you haven't already. Yes. And uh, a last footnote that I have on the, the four-legged version of children, the pets, is another thing for considerations is potential allergies. Making sure that you are, you've cataloged all potential animal allergies in the group before you invite them into your home with said potential allergen. Right. So, you know, if you have cats and, you know, one of your, one of the players is allergic to cats, then you need to be aware of that before you invite them into your, you know, your home full of 19 kittens, you know what I mean? So another consideration for the, the scheduling slash location is, you know, uh, kind of mixed in with the, the pets deal. Um, for the location, some of the other amenities that we wanted to bring up, uh, restroom is pretty much required yeah. unless you're having short, short games. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless it's a very short game, and I'm talking like maximum three hours. Like if you can get together and say, "Okay, this game will be done in a one to three hour period," maybe you can get away without a restroom. But even then, you never know. There are emergencies. People are you know sick. Yeah. Things hit them. You don't know what could happen. Pretty much, restroom is uh, a 
damn near required. It will be more pleasant for everybody. Yeah, it's it's in everyone's best interest that there is a restroom available. It seems mundane, but if you need it and don't have it, it's going to be the worst time of your life. Yeah, worst game session ever. So, um, and then we also include just kind of in the the utensils and utilities, uh, kitchens, fridge, um, basically Stove, food storage yeah. and prep. Yeah. Um, if you're playing at a game store, they may have like uh, drinks and snacks available for purchase. If you're playing at somebody's home, like if I show up with a couple of sodas, can I pop one in the fridge to keep it cold? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, or not. Um, if you have a kitchen, this is one of our games we have. It's very common that somewhere after the halfway point, they start brewing tea or coffee or something just for people, which. I don't think I've ever had in a game before. And it's just like, it actually, even though I don't partake, it seems like just a nice gesture. Just like, Hey, we're just, we're hanging out anyway. You know, we've got this going on and an influx of coffee, caffeine mid game can help perk the players. Yeah. It's always good to have some caffeine available and water in general. Uh, I used to have the coffee for the games back in the day on barter road there, but, uh, I don't think we always brewed it, but yeah, it's always like having coffee and tea is a huge thing. You know, like some people, a lot of people, you know, obviously the universal gamer drink of Mountain Dew is typically, you know, brought by players, but you know, having access to coffee and tea, you know, in, in the, at the location is a very nice perk, but just like mid thought. So, yeah, I mean, if it's one of those, how long is your game going to be? It's another one of those things where you got to like take into consideration uh, if, if your game is going to be longer, the longer your game is, the more likely it is that people are going to get start to get peckish and or it's going to be crossing through a meal time. People are going to need to have a full on meal. So you don't have to have a kitchen available, obviously, but it's a consideration that needs to be taken into account. Should people be bringing their own food and drink, you know, to, to fend for themselves? Can they bring stuff that they can prep in a kitchen that's near the game? Are we going to be taking a long break where I can actually cook? Are we all going to be chipping in and ordering pizza or Chinese or some other sort of food? Does someone have to go pick up the food if it's being ordered or is it being delivered? Did we bring cash so we can all chip in together? Or is this all going to go on someone's debit card? Then we have to figure it out later. So these are all things that should be planned ahead of time. You know, the, you know, all the logistics of the food situation. Again, if it's only a three to five hour game, you can probably get away without having to worry about a meal, but anything six hours plus, you're probably crossing a meal time, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, people are going to get hungry. And I mean, you can utilize that. You can work that into the game and be like, okay, we're going to order pizza and we'll take a break when it arrives. Right. Exactly. Like, okay, so, um, it's going to be good. We're going to be probably taking a break in about a half hour, you know, 20 minutes, half hour. Why don't we, you know, and obviously everything exists, you know, in a perfect world, it's easy to say this maybe before the game, get right. The order down, like let's put the order together before the game. I can give a signal to so-and-so who we already have agreed is going to call in the order I'll give them the mark. Okay. Like we're going to take a break in about 20 minutes, call it in. They call it in. Yeah. Should be here in about 20 minutes. Boom. Food's here. Let's take a break. Or if you're using uh, virtual tabletops, people have laptops. They may be able to order it on a website. Yeah. Yeah. Domino's has online ordering. Pizza yeah. hut has online ordering. Lots of different places have online ordering. I mean, I know pizza's kind of the go-to, so that's yeah. why I went to, you know, for and, apps. I mean, you can also, you can schedule your breaks for like, okay, we're going to take a break. And this person has already volunteered to run out and pick up the food. Yeah. Um, I know we've done that on more than one occasion. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
there are also the non-edible supplies. Yes. And this is this is just kind of general DM preparation, but at the same time, like, you need to keep this in mind when you're going to be getting a game group together. Do you have the books that you need? Do you have spare pencils in case somebody doesn't bring one? Do you have extra sets of dice in case somebody forgets theirs or doesn't have them? Do you have paper? Not like scratch paper or note paper or you know, the paper. character sheets you yeah. may need. Like you may need a spare character sheet because you're in a mean mood today and you, the characters might need to come up with new or the players may need to come up with new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had we had a situation the other night where the the player showed up and they had swapped all their supplies over and forgot to pull their dice over. Yep. So they're like, oh, I just need to borrow dice. And of course, being classic gamers, we've got you know, hundreds of sets of dice on hand. So yeah, it's between never a problem. Us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's something, it's something that you want to make sure that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the pre-show, we were talking about painkillers. Yep. As just, uh, just throw it in your DM bag, have a bottle of Tylenol or something. So if somebody's there and they start like getting a headache or they're like, Oh, I'm just, you know, yeah, I think that's one of those, Ow. like, secrets that, like, or, like, it's an, an idea that, like, ran through my head, and then I'm just like, I, how many people really, like, think of that or account for that? But, like, I don't know how many times I've been playing a game and someone starts to get a headache. Oh, man, do you have any Tylenol? What If we're playing at my place, I absolutely always have Tylenol and or ibuprofen around somewhere. Yeah. But if we were not playing at my place, if I was not the host, I might not necessarily have it. Even if I was the DM, I would have a bag of stuff, but Tylenol would not have been on my list before today because I never really thought about it. But now having thought about it, it will never not be in my bag if at least if I'm the DM, what if I'm running somewhere else, you know what I, I mean? I go above and beyond. I have band-aids. Yeah. That's another good one. I don't need a full first aid kit, but band-aids are again, it's one of those things that if I don't need them, that's fine. And if I do need them, I'm glad I have them. Yeah. So it's just little things like that. But I mean, you're sitting down and you're playing a game that requires one hundred percent brain power for four plus hours and as sad as a common as it is to, to, to make And I don't mean it the way it's going to sound, but like after four plus hours of thinking the whole time, some people get headaches, <laughs> not to mention you're in Burn a room with a bunch of people, you know, like, you know, fatigue can kick in, you know, maybe you didn't drink enough water. It's hot. It's warm. People are constantly talking and there's lots of loud noises going on. Cause you're in a room full of people. You're doing Whether math. It's, yeah. You're doing math and you're just, there's a lot of different factors that can, you know, add to, you know, stress headaches and, and other various reasons for why you might want some Tylenol or, you know, other just stupid things like, oh, I, you know, I'm sitting in this slightly uncomfortable chair for more than four <laughs> plus hours. And, you know, my, my legs are cramping up and my butt's sore and like, you know, like whatever, just Tylenol will can rid you of some unforeseeable problems um, or some unforeseen problems. I should and say. also, you know, on, along the lines of the DM supplies, we added we actually added this in as one of the last minute notes. Um, because it's something that the games that we've done, we're, we're such proponents of, and that is utilizing technology. You need to have the infrastructure for that technology. Yes. If you're doing a virtual tabletop, you know, you need to be able to direct people to download the client. If they have their laptops, you, if you need to have a Wi-Fi settings, you should have the Wi-Fi password readily available. You may even want to consider making your password a little easier than saying, oh yeah, the password is going to be j h seven one five two three eight s k four two and every other letter is capitalized yeah um yeah even if it's something that you maybe you change it for every game session and then change it back like if you're paranoid about your your, yeah. your stuff being stolen but for every game session it's currently just D right now or something like that you know just like you know it's 
D&D at Jared's house. That's the password. All one word. No capitals. Boom. D&D at Jared's house. All right. There it is. Boom. Okay. Done. Oh, when, the, when the players are over, like, what's the password? Okay. It's capital D N D N and then lowercase I G H T. <laughs> and they put it. Oh, D&D night. Yep. That's the password. Um, also with, you know, the virtual tabletops uh, outlets, allow people to plug in their laptops if they have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, done the virtual tabletop the way that we do it with dark hounds we've done it with other games where you have instead of having everybody have their own laptop you have a monitor yep or like a tv or something else yeah, we TV use projector as monitor. a common monitor yeah, yep. projector we we've used as well and so that needs to be set up and in place and that's also something that should be set up before the game starts right um that's included in kind of the getting ready buffer that we didn't really talk about is you know rearranging the tables or setting up the monitors or making sure everything's going so that yeah we kind of the game can go kind of missed that and the the part of the buffer that we thought about you know for the the time frame is you know the host making sure and spend the time to get ready for the game yeah software if you're using a virtual tabletop like d20 pro yep um who is not giving us any monetary compensation for this notation sadly <laughs> yet um if you're using something like d20 pro and you have somebody come in you want to be able to like okay here's the website here's the version we're using here's where you need to go to download it yep. oh you can use this guest key or you if you can get your own key to access you know, getting people set up and getting all that troubleshooting done before the game gets going so it doesn't roll into the game right yeah. um i know we used to do that and some of our games were the very last thing that happened before we got started was giving everybody the ip address for the game to connect in yeah everyone's sitting there because and that typically before dark hounds it was almost everybody or everyone literally everybody at the table had a, mon- a laptop so yeah. they all had their own maps so they could control their own individual tokens and blah 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 so yeah, the last step of the process, you know, for uh, the older versions of D twenty Pro, because it's it's a little bit different now, is okay. Everyone, are you? Everyone's in. Okay, the IP address is blah. So now you can all connect, and now let me allow all the new players. And okay, now you're all connected. Can you see the map? All right, cool. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, that's just something you know to be aware of. This is. This is what our game requires to be set up. Mm-hmm. Do we have it available? This is what's going to be useful for a game. This is what's going to be helpful in the situations that arise. Do we have it available? Are we ready? Are we taking it into consideration? If you've planned all this stuff out ahead of time, it means you don't have to worry about it during the game, which means you can focus on playing the game and having a good time. Yeah, uh, actually, I have a suggestion as a footnote for not adding to the logistics, so to speak, of helping organize the logistics, Uh, something that we started doing years ago before Facebook was as big as it was, I guess. But uh, we used to use a message. I had a message board. I still have a message board for my custom world materials. And part of that was like I'd have like a character creation section. So like, okay, for the new game these are the requirements or restrictions for setting up your character. You could use a concept um, similar to that. You don't have to have your own message board, but create like a closed group on Facebook or something along those lines or a message board and just say, okay, you know, this is where we're meeting this week. This is what time it's going to be at. This is what we need you to bring. This is what you need. Here's a checklist of all the stuff you should have. These are all the considerations you need to make. Okay. We're going to be meeting uh, you know, the game will be starting 
you know, on Sunday at noon, you know, noon sharp, um, we prefer that you're here between 11 and 1130. There are cats here. Please be aware that, you know, one for, you know, if you have possible allergies or two, if you don't like cats, try not to kick them. Uh, you know, uh, make sure that you have, you know, your books, your character sheet, your dice, your pencils, you know, it will be a approximately a six plus hour game, you know, bring food. A kitchen is available for cooking. If you need to, we will be taking at least two 15 minute breaks and just like throw it all out there, you know, and like eventually they'll fall into a routine and they'll know what everything that's going on. But if it's your first time getting together, especially with this specific group or, you know, this set of people, you can have it all out there. And also if it's like a, a Facebook group, uh closed group, people can talk and voice can, you know, like, Hey, I had a question. Hey, I had a concern, you know, blah, 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 blah. Hey, I need a ride. Hey, I need a ride. You know, parking is available for, you know, for, you know, just make sure you park here or, you know, try to not block this specific car. Or if you need a ride, let me know. Maybe so-and-so can swing by and pick you up. But you can organize all of that and everyone can be in touch. And like in today's day and age, there's no reason to not be fully informed because there's should be no reason for any lack of communication. Like we, everyone has a smart device. Everyone has the internet. Everyone's on the grid. <laughs> and... Ultimately, like I said, this is all putting all this stuff out before the game comes. So when the game comes, you can focus on being there, focus on having fun. And that's since day one, that's been our main objective for all of this is to help you guys have fun. So thank you for joining us for our show today. As always, if you have any comments on today's topics or any stories you'd like to share about how you used it in your game, feel free to get in touch with us. Also, if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss, let us know. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Game Master Studio. Subscribe for exclusive access to early content and also a few other special surprises and tricks we've been putting up there. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. We are GMS Studios, uh, available on Facebook for you to like, comment, and subscribe. And we have new episodes coming out every week with more information on running your game. We're posting them on Podbean at gamemasterstudio.podbean.com through iTunes and available now on YouTube as well. Speaking of YouTube, check out our Darkhounds 360 VR campaign. Watch us play through, use the tips that you see here, and occasionally miss an opportunity. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your support. We'll see you the next time that we get back into the studio.